Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And... Action! Hello, and welcome to Popcorn. I am your host, Kaylee, and with me is Tuesday. And we are here to review the latest films opening in theaters. For this episode, we are talking all about Goodbye, Christopher Robin. The creatures in the story are toys. They're toys, but the woods are real. And the size is wrong. The bear should be smaller. Size of a little brother. There. Yes. Yes, that's it. Blue, are you writing a book? I thought we were just having fun. We're writing a book and we're having fun. I didn't know you could do both at the same time. You don't usually look like you're having fun while you're writing. little world. Like you said, a hundred acre paradise. Be very, very quiet. Vespers. This one's for Daphne. Now this film, as you might be able to tell, is all about the backstory to the Winnie the Pooh stories and uh, in Christopher Robin, 100 Acre Woods, Tigger, Rabbit, Owl, Kanga, and Rue, all the characters. And while we touch upon all their names, it really is the story about the little boy who, even though his name is Christopher Robin officially, he goes by Billy Moon. That's what his parents call him. And it's really the story about his father, who's played by Domino Gleason, and he plays Alan Milne, who, if you already know the authors, you, you would be familiar with that. And at the beginning of the film, comes back from World War One, So he's in shell shock. He's going through all these parties and he's like, what is it all for? What is it all for? And he's really struggling. And his wife, who's played by Margot Robbie, who I was so used to seeing her as Harley Quinn that I didn't quite recognize her with the cute little finger wave bob and the like flapper style type clothes. But she plays Alan's wife and the mother of Christopher Robin. And she she's very just... Um, superficial flirtatious all about the parties all about a good time and it's all about her a lot of of the films so when alan comes back from war he's really just trying to reconcile his life and he's got this frivolous wife they have a son they like don't even connect with him for like i would say the first five to six years of his life and the boy billy moon is raised by a nanny and it isn't till uh, much later, till I th- I'm going to guess he was probably about five years old, is when they move out to the countryside. And that's when uh, Alan starts to connect with his son and gets the idea for Winnie the Pooh because his boy plays with his little bear and they go on adventures in the woods. It's a very um, heartwarming film. It, it reminded me a lot, actually, of Finding Neverland. I was getting that vibe off of it. Definitely not the same kind of stories but the same idea where the writer is hanging out with a young boy um, and kind of feeding off of their imagination I guess you could say. I couldn't agree more it definitely had a Finding Neverland feel. The thing I found most interesting was the inner workings of the family so as much as I felt that the making of Winnie the Pooh books and the idea was kind of a 
an overarching concept where it really had a lot to do with the inner workings of a family dynamic. Yeah, and I was telling you earlier that this film really got to me, um, probably because I just identify with that story between Peter Pan and Winnie the Poots. Those are some of my earliest memories of stories. So I cried at the end of this movie. And I think it's a lot of our childhoods back, Mm -hmm. you know, even in what, the 30s, probably around where it was really starting to take off. That's so many generations of kids that's it that it has affected and as much as there's so much nostalgia involved with the film and how it was done both with the outfits and the language and the scripting it had such this amazing sense of nostalgia but on the other hand this story could have occurred at any time this could have occurred common day mm-hmm. where we have these you know disney kid stars who all of a sudden go from just being a kid to having fame thrust upon them and where you lose your childhood. And I think you could probably make this case for anyone. This idea of you've been in something so terrible and you come back and you see life hasn't changed. And they really hammer that home several times throughout the film that life goes on. It's almost like unless you were there and you're around the people um, who were in the battle, what what is it like to come home and to, to reintegrate yourself? And it's really hard, and, and Alan struggles a lot. It takes him a while, even hanging out with his son, trying to figure out what to do with himself. And his wife, who's pretty much absent, she is just a real succubus off of him and his talent. She lives for his fame. Margot Robbie does a fantastic job of just being so just hateful i just like oh my gosh this... and, and so easy to be hated i mean it's just the character it's if something's not pleasing her or useful to her it's thrust aside but for example the second christopher robin starts getting notoriety all of a sudden he is now a commodity to her and he is now important where previously if there was no reason to be around him she wouldn't be And if the goal for this character was for her to be quite hated and almost annoying through the film, it was done. But sometimes you need those characters. Mm -hmm. And sadly, I hope that she wasn't like that (laughs) in real life, but she very much well could have been. As far as the the war is considered, the thing that's very sad is that only in these common days have we even discussed PTSD which was so incredibly relevant, even back then, but we just didn't have a name, we didn't have a concept for it. And it's so depressing to think we're only getting to a point where we understand it and respect it as an illness, Mm -hmm. when it affected so many men. And you see it throughout this film. I I can't say it gets dramatically better, but at some time you you get number. But it's... It's scary to think that we haven't advanced as far as we should have. Yeah, and I think it's telling when you could see any film, and I'm, I'm thinking of Dunkirk earlier this year, like so many films about World War One or World War II, um, these war films, like they still just really, they t- get you where it hurts. And it's, it's hard to, 
even right now I'm having a hard time to process this, but it, it's such a painful thing. And that, and I think though, what I loved about this story is like something beautiful came out of it, even though it kind of got corrupted rather quickly. Um, like you said, the wife was really using her son as a commodity, didn't love him ever, really, it seems like, maybe not even till the end. Um, and I think she was resistant from the beginning. She's like, I didn't want a son because he's now going to go off to war. And that was always a thing. So she always held Billy Moon at arm's length. Um, and for Alan, she says that he wanted a, a child, but he never really connects until later. And then he starts getting the fame and he doesn't really get it until it's too late. And his son doesn't want to be with him anymore. Even though Winnie the Pooh's like a fuzzy, warm story, I think that's what really got to me is that the, the family dynamics, like you said, were so real. They were so relatable. And um, one more thing I want to bring up, though, and we haven't talked about yet, is the relationship between uh, Billy Moon, a.k.a. Christopher Robin, and his nanny, uh, who he calls New. Her name is Olive, and um, the actress's name is Kelly McDonald. That relationship made me so happy she was the one constant in his life up until he gets packed off to boarding school and uh she stood up for billy moon and criticized the parents and this was in a time where you know servants and she was like a hired staff you know you don't talk back to your employer that loving relationship and the, the the fostering of the imagination too. You can really kind of credit her as well as kind of planting the seeds for the whole story of uh, Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh. What a beautiful relationship. And those actors make it so authentic in that film. Now, while it wasn't abnormal in a family of higher class to have nannies growing up, Definitely that relationship was amazing. And speaking of acting, Will Tilston, who is the the youngest version of Christopher Robin, how amazingly cast. I mean, oh, how so can good. you not fall in love with him and those dimples, dimples and and yes. <laughs> I mean, whoever did that casting, well done. He is the perfect little Christopher Robin. Like how I would have thought he would have looked when I thought about it when I read the books. And he had those big sparkly brown eyes. And oh, yes, I he was brilliant. I, I really want to know how old he is because like he comes off as like very young, like very much five years old. But I don't know if he was. If he was, I mean, like that's the best five-year-old actor I've seen in years it was supposed to be played off of an eight-year-old but he seemed rather young he did seem very it was the cheeks it was the dimples it was the haircut um the the cute little bowl cut i'm like if any kid can pull off a bowl cut it was (laughs) definitely him and the fact that his mother had him prancing around in partial dresses most of the time (laughs) so uh yeah he just oh and you can tell even in the in the books, it's is that a boy or a girl? Like mm-hmm. I know it's Christopher Robin, but very much played off of that in the film. And it, it he just he was such an amazing little actor. Mm-hmm. And you know I just kind of want to wrap this up by giving a nod to Simon Curtis, who I had the pleasure of interviewing before for um, Woman in Gold, and he's known for doing a lot of these really powerful uh, biopic type stories and 
he just handles them so so well with so much attention to detail and to the to the relationships you can see that in women in gold for example and getting to the real emotion of a scene and he really was managed to tease out because i mean working with kids is not easy a woman in gold is with elderly women and young men and and about art and this is you know uh, with a young child and the imagination and literature but still just he's a master at his craft and I have to hand it to him like he pulled it off again I've cried in his films before so I guess I shouldn't be surprised I cried in this one he's an intriguing variety of films that he does Mm -hmm. biopic is definitely a top for me that he does but when you really look at the array of films he's done it he definitely picks his favorites he doesn't just pick up any script that he thinks he might like i mean he he seems very specific in his uh choices for mm-hmm. films he's oh i think he's always looking for something that's got real heart um in it because there you could take any biopics out there and there there's a dime a dozen but he has a real way like i said of crafting the story around the biopic of finding the ones that really will speak to you on almost a primal level it feels like and there is true heart in this film definitely Well, that is it for this episode. I think that's a resounding go-see goodbye, Christopher Robin, from both of us. If you want to hear more reviews of films now in theaters, check out our website at popcornfanfilmreviews.weebly.com or come find us on social media. Let us know what you think. Uh, If you see Goodbye, Christopher Robin, let us know what you guys think of that film. Does it speak to you? Does it take you back to your childhood? And let us know if there's any other films out there that we have missed that you think we should see. That's it, though, for this episode. So thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 